Matters with Jeff Boggs. New Iberia's only daily live call-in talk show. Twenty-five, almost twenty-six minutes after, as we welcome back to the show, Richard A. Bear, A. Bear's Garden Center. As soon as he's done tucking in his shirt, uh, he will join us. How are you, Good sir? Good morning, Jeff. I'm good. Still warm. Yeah, I knew what you were bringing in. Uh, just as I saw you cross the street, uh, you that tell. has got to be something to water with. <laughs> That's right. Irrigation. People are struggling. I oh, mean, man. it's, it's uh, you know, and even though we get rained in certain situations, it's, uh, you know, you still need to water. And that's that's where the issue is. So I did bring some show and tell, show and tell stuff, Jeff. And this one just came in. I'm, I'm going to show it to you. This is a leaf uh, a customer brought in. And um, you're going to be surprised not, by not the Not the answer. color they're looking for? <laughs> not the color they're looking for. So basically what Jeff is looking at is a... It's some leaves off of a, I think it's a, I think it was a pittosporums, which is a little shrub. And the leaves are basically turning, it's all the same, turning, uh, turning brown from the tips. And so you would think, you know, the, the, you know we, we try to, to try to figure out what it is. We'll, we'll ask them several questions. One is, is it in a pot or in the ground? And she says it was in the ground. Then I say, well, how long has it been in the ground? She said it was just planted this spring. So at that point, I say, okay. So now I know it's a newly planted plant that's, uh, and I actually was in the sun. It's in the sun. So you would think the first thing that comes off your head is, oh, man, it's been hot. Then it's not being wet enough. But then when you feel the leaves, the leaves are soft. So if it was, if it was a uh, drying out, the leaves would actually be pretty dang crisp, okay, burn it back. But they're, they're brown, and it's starting to turn brown from the tips. And this really is a classic of too much water. Mm. And you say, how in the heck in yeah. this situation could it be too much water? So the, the, uh, the next question was, how often do you water? She says, I water, uh, we water every day for 15 minutes. I said, bingo. I said, that's the problem. I said, uh, you, you got to always make sure anything newly planted, really anytime, but especially newly planted, you want to mulch really good in this situation where it's this hot and, and, and can get this dry. So she, hers was mulched which meant the moisture was staying. And so if you're watering in, uh, you know, and if the volume of water is anything, it is just staying extremely wet underneath there, which is unhealthy too. So we went from one extreme to the other. So the solution was is that because this isn't all that bad, they'll better recover, is that you back off on the watering, and ideally you water 15 minutes twice a week rather than every day. And, and I always kind of say, look, you, you still got to wash the plant because, look, if it gets really hot and really dry, it may be three times a week, but it shouldn't be every day if they're mulched, and they should be mulched. And uh, so it was, it was surprising to her. I said, man, I can't believe with this kind of heat that I could overwater. I said, yeah, if it's every day. And, um, and she had on a, a system that had no timer to it or no uh, – rain meter so if you got an inch of rain it's still watered so that's even make it worse so you want to be careful with that uh and and so i thought that was interesting the uh um the other leaf here i'm showing jeff is a long leaf 
And you got to ask questions because the only way you're going to get the, the right answer is really ask questions. It's a long leaf, Jeff. And Looks it's like a, an old be- banana peel. That's right. Exactly. You know? Good way to put it. Looks like an old banana peel, and it's yellow. It has very little green left into it. And so I asked a, a couple of questions. I said, well, what is it? And she said it was a cast iron plant. Uh, no. She said it was a uh, 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 mother-in-law's tongue, a snake plant. Um, and um, and which is the it's a, it's the old mother-in-law's tongue. It's a real real hardy hardy plant. And so I said, well, how long has it you know is it inside or outside? She said it was inside. So I said, well, how long has it been there? She said, oh, it's been there for years. So then I started scratching my head. I said, well, why why all of a sudden would uh, the I said you watering the same? So they said yes. So I said, okay, it's been there for a long time. Um, it. Uh, the watering hasn't changed. Location hadn't changed. So what could be causing this? So I said, well, I said, has anything changed? She said, oh, yeah. She said, about two months ago, we repotted it. I said, bingo. I said, okay, so, you know, what size container? She said, was it about a container? I'm a, I'll show it by hand. So let's say it's about, uh, it was about an 8-inch container, and we bumped it to a 12-inch container. I said, okay. I said, now I get it. I said, what's happening here is that, uh, you have a small con- a, a small root system in a big pot, which means you can easily overwater it because there's no roots in this fresh dirt that you plant. And you went to a pretty nice size container. So when you go, when you bring a plant, when you repot a plant from a small container and bump it into a much bigger container, it's easy to overwater because there's no roots in that soil and it just stays wet a lot longer. And that's what was going on. So, but the solution to this is if you just kind of back off on the watering, yeah, that could, that'll definitely help, but it still may stay too wet. So what I said was what you want to do for the next maybe couple months, take this plant and put it outside in the heat, in the shade, though, dense shade, because it doesn't need a lot of uh, the uh, mother-in-laws or snake plants do not need a lot of sun. Okay. And what will happen there is, is that. And I, I guess a lot of sun is bad. Though. It is bad. That's okay. right. So that would not be healthy. It no. would actually burn the leaves again. Uh, so, but what that'll do is allow that the root system to grow really, really f- much faster than ordinarily inside where the temperatures aren't as warm and it will dry out in between waterings. And so I said, what you want to do there is, is you really want to focus the water for the next month or two, just around the root, whether you know the roots are presently. Now, obviously some of the water is going to get into the other soil, but you just don't want to drench it where all the soil is getting really wet. And by putting it outside, within two months, those roots will have spread substantially, and then you can bring it inside and treat it like you like if you've been treating in the previous past. But that was a little trickier, but it was uh, it was definitely a solvable problem. Okay, and then this one I brought in, Jeff. Um, let me see. I mean, we've been doing this for almost twenty years. So, what do you think that is? What kind of bug is that? Okay, so it could be, I'm going to give you A, B, or C, all right? It could be a caterpillar, could be an aphid, or it could be a snake bug. Aphid? There you go. Yeah. Jeff, we've been learning, man. Yes. No, so, yeah, it's, it's, uh, aphids are very, very common. What Jeff is looking at, it's this little tiny, 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 tiny real tiny. tiny. There's a bunch of them. These are oranges, but it could be red. It could be white. It could be somewhat clear. So there's a lot of different types of aphids. But these little uh, critters uh, multiply extremely fast. Uh, you can find them. You can see them uh, generally under the leaves or on the stems or, and or both. And, uh, and you want to get rid of them pretty quickly. What they're going to do is actually 
suck the sap out of the leaves and uh, and, and and cause that sooty mold, the uh, the blackening of the other leaves. But it's one that's controllable, but you're going to have to probably uh, apply uh, an insecticide two or three times. You can get these on vegetables. You can get these on uh, on ornamentals. You can get these on uh, foliage plants uh, in a container. So you kind of kind of want to look for them. And again, this time of year, you should always go on, be going out and kind of look at visual inspections and kind of look under the leaves and just don't kind of walk through. And uh, but. Uh, very common, so it's not something that someone say, oh, I'm going to take all the dirt out. There's a pot. I'm going to take all the dirt out and get rid of the dirt and, and start from scratch. You really don't need to do that. It's uh, on most insects. On most insects, it's a, uh, uh, it is a uh, airborne uh, that, that, uh, that, that allows these to come. So it's nothing to do with the dirt, and, uh, and that's what you want to, want to watch. Another thing we'll get this time of year that it, that is some somewhat to do with the dirt is uh, an insect uh, that gets in the soil. It's on, usually on interior plants uh, where you're watering more than you normally water because temperatures are high and uh, and so you just want to watch that. But it's a little mite that gets in the soil and and it starts to to kind of get out of the soil and kind of aggravate. You know, you start to see these mites around there. It's very easy to control. You can put a granulated insecticide and water it in, and it kills the larvae in the soil. And it stops it, and that's one we see now. And then we see it in the in the dead of winter when the temperatures start to get cold, and you run the heaters more, and they multiply then. So um, just look for that, but they're easy to control. So irrigation, Jeff. What I what what I bought into Jeff here is just uh, 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 black PVC uh, tubing irrigation. Can, can I guess the length of that? Yeah, let's take a guess the length. Fifty feet. You know, Jeff, I don't know. Oh, we're gonna find out. It's a hundred feet. Is it really yeah. that long? Yeah, it's. it's it, I, I, it, it reminds me of this fifty foot of HDMI cable, which uh-huh. has about the same thickness or gauge. Yeah, and uh, that was fifty feet. So yeah, uh, okay. I think it's how tight you wrap it Maybe too, so. Maybe and so, so it's not it's not very tight. And uh, and what Jeff is looking at is a small gauge, which I guess this would be about an eighth of an inch or something like that, and that's drip tubing. Um, and the and the irrigation I'm talking about is half inch flex tubing. It's it's just it's black flexible tubing all this irrigation connects to the water faucet now there's also the pvc type which you'd have to get installed and you'd have to uh uh you you know get a box it's, it's much more expensive it's a very good system it works really really well uh the advantage to the drip irrigation or the pvc flex tubing is that it can be installed very easily by the homeowner and it's easy to maintain it by the homeowner and that's a big issue because what happens is a lot of times the the PVC irrigation, something breaks. You really, the homeowner, it's hard for the homeowner to fix it, and you got to get somebody out there. Sometimes not that easy, especially this time of year. And so it, it just allows that connected to the water faucet. Uh, obviously, that's a that's a cost issue too. But it actually works very very well, and uh, and can do a, a good size area. Basically, um, um, the half half inch would cover about let's say roughly 500 square feet per zone. So it can do some nice sized beds. The, uh, the 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 one I'm showing Jeff here is a stake that has an irrigation head at the top, which is a mister head. And basically, you connect this stake to the flex tubing, which is laid on the ground, and it shoots the water out of here. And some of these heads will shoot 360, Jeff. Some heads will shoot 180, and some heads will shoot 90. So you can kind of cover all your bases, and you basically basically space these heads roughly about four feet apart. The, the good thing about this 
is that, uh, again, easy to do. If you have a problem, it's easy to change the head. It's no big deal. Um, and it can cover a good size area. The, this little drip tubing I bought, which is what Jeff was referring to, which basically about every six inches, it has this, these little drippers. And so what you're doing with the drip tubing is actually just laying it on the ground, and every six inches it emits water. So there's no water going in the air. Mm-hmm. And you could see how that would save on uh, water resources because the mister, it's shooting in the air, so a lot of it's being evaporated or just if it's a windy day, it will actually blow. Whereas this is going straight to the, straight to the roots and it's put under the mulch. You don't see it at all. It works really, really well and, uh, and can cover a, a, a good size area. You could easily run probably 200 feet on one zone. And it emits it. So this one, you can actually see the issue on the drip tubing uh, very easily. You know, we always talk about the advantages of of, uh, of wetting leaves and disadvantaged wetting leaves. So when it comes to vegetable gardening, the drip tubing really is the only way to go. You do not want to do it with, uh, with the mister that shoots the water in the air and wets the leaves. You just want to wet the ground. And that's because the more you wet the leaves of a vegetable plant, the more susceptible you are to a lot of fungus problems. And so by doing that, you're going to do two things. You're going to decrease fungus issues, but you're also going to de- decrease the amount of water you're using. The big difference is like for the mister, the, uh, the one that's misting is shooting the air, uh, you'll, you'll, it puts out a lot more water uh, because this thing is really just the drip tube. It's just dripping a little bit, I, I don't know, every few seconds, all right, very little doesn't matter. So it's a matter of do you run it for 15 minutes or do you run it for an hour? So it really won't matter how much water it's emitting at a time. It's the length of time you run the system. Mm. And, and I tell people, the only way to know for that, because it depends on water pressure, it depends on the soil, you know, how sandy the soil is, how much water you need, is to run it for 15 minutes, stick your finger in the soil, and see how deep the water went uh, and how big are your plants. And so if you... Uh, if you if you put it in, it's only went a half inch down, you have to run another 15 minutes to do an inch down, or another 15 minutes to do an inch and a half down. So you just got to play with it initially to see see uh, how much water is emitted, and then and how deep you need the water to go. How deep the water will go depend on what size plants you plant. If you put bedding plants, you know, inch in the ground is all you need. If you're planting, uh, you have shrubs and trees, you may have to go deeper. The other issue uh, people come out with is that, okay, so we have a, uh, you know, a plant that has a big root ball. Let's say a tree. You plant a tree, and you have a bunch of smaller uh, plants that maybe only have an a, you know, a, a, a 8 to 10-inch deep root ball. The other one has Then you would just put more drip lines around the bigger trees and an equal amount around all the other uh, same size root balls and therefore it gives you more water where you need it and, and uh, the correct amount of water where you don't need it these are also great for containers too so you set this in a so let's say you have a, a, a landscape where you have a, land, a, a shrub a, a bed of shrubs and you're right next to the uh, your porch where you have maybe some con- uh, a couple of container plants or next to your patio you just take it, you attach this to your half-inch tubing, you go up the side of the uh, the pot, or you can actually go down the, if it's, if you do it before it's repotted, go down the middle of the pot, and you come up and you wrap it around the uh, the top of the soil and the pot, then you put mulch on top. Works fantastic. Really easy system. And then you can set these on timers, too. The uh, 
you know, the, the, you know, you can keep it a, a little bit simpler. And then you can, you know, those timers, Jeff, that you'd put on the faucet that you actually turn and say, this yeah, is going to yeah. run for 15 minutes. Boom. And then it shuts off. You really don't want to get into the habit of, of, of turning the, uh, turn the water on and saying, I'm going to come back in a half hour and turn it off. You know what happens that Jeff, yeah. you forget to do it and it runs all night. But, but if you put it on this little manual, it's a manual timer that you just adjust and it tells you, it generally gives you, uh, you know, 15 minutes, you know, 30 minutes, 45 minutes. You just turn it, and it'll shut off automatically. But there are also battery-operated timers that will actually uh, set the, the number of days you want it to water or the days you want it to water, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and the length of time you want it to water it. And it'll skip the days you don't set it for. So if you say, look, I want to water three days a week, you can set this, you screw this to the water faucet, it tells I'm going to come on. You can set it to come on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or every other day, Sunday. And then uh, say the length of time you want to water it. And uh, it, it automatically does it for you. The biggest disadvantage, Jeff, to that is if it starts to rain a lot, you, know, you, want, to go, yeah, you yeah. want to go turn it off in the interim. But, but other than that, it works really good. And, and that's kind of the problem uh, this time of year, Jeff, is that we get into a situation where it's getting so dang hot and uh, that you just don't want to go out there and water, and you say, well, it looks like it's going to rain, you know, so let me let me hold up before I go out there, and it doesn't rain or it rains very little. And then you start to, things start to uh, either burn or di- and or die, you know. And so this gives you a little, uh, a little opportunity to kind of uh, maybe uh, not have to go out and worry too much about watering. And it's, it is pretty darn simple, you know. Um, you, you can it's easy to stall yourself and it's so important even with the timers jeff you know um when we go install them you know we make the customer do it the, the day before we say just play with this thing play with it learn it <laughs> because you really kind of got to know it otherwise it won't uh um you you don't want to be dependent on somebody somebody else when you just got to make these adjustments pretty darn quick and uh so but it, so they're easy to work with and easy to do and people utilize it, a lot of them this time of year obviously and uh, when it comes to vegetable gardens, you can actually, uh, let's say if it's a raised bed, and we see a lot of it raised bed, you lay the drip tubing down. When the garden is finished, you just actually pick all these tubings up and flip it up. That way you can get in there and till, shovel, boom, and then after you plant, lay it back down. So it's a real simple system that's very, very effective, and, and people have success with it. There you go. Anything else going on? Uh, Jeff, that's about it. Uh, we're kind of in between right now. We've still got the heat tile tomatoes, so you can still plant certain things in the vegetable gardens, such as cow peas and, 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 and the heat tile tomatoes and peppers and things like that. But, but really, we're kind of in that transition phase where we just kind of got to wait till uh, uh, temperatures subside a little bit. Don't let the, uh, you, know, you know, when we start to get a little rain, we start to see the weeds grow, especially in the... Uh, in the vegetable garden, and then in the uh, flower beds. You just got to stay ahead of it. I remember, Jeff, uh, I think it was last summer, where I, I literally remember it rained for six to eight weeks every day. Didn't didn't rain a lot every day, but it certainly did do that. And the weeds just got out of control. And, and in some instances, it was nobody's fault because you couldn't get in. If it was a, you know, you had your garden in rows, you couldn't get out there and hoe because it was too muddy. But sometimes you just got to get out there and once a week just weed it out, and it, 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 it's, it's real important this time of year. Uh, when it comes to the uh, lawns, Jeff, no major issues here. Actually, people, some people are actually fertilizing because we started to get some rain, which is fine. Uh, you may have to supplement it with a little water 
um, just to be careful. But, um, you know, if, if you do want to fertilize, you can fertilize the lawn right now. Uh, we, we start to see a little uh, insect um, infusion maybe two or three weeks ago. Not seen as much right now, so I'm not sure what has changed. But uh, just kind of watch the lawns, look for uh, you know, spots turning brown, maybe with a little orange around it. That's kind of an indication of, of sod webworms, and you can kind of dig in there real close, and sometimes you're able to find them. Or certainly with the sod webworms, you'll see the leaf, of the blades of the leaves cut. And, and again, just kind of watch for these small changes in the yard. But usually this time of year in the yard, you're going to start to see insect issues, not so much fungus issues. And if you do that, then um, um, I think we're okay. We just got to just kind of ride this out and and pray for these nice cool front. Yeah, September. Hopefully. It used to be so consistent. October, (laughs) Jeff, October used to be so consistent. I mean, it was usually dry and certainly moderate, and that has changed. That is not the case anymore. Got a caller on the line. Let's go to the phones. Hi, you're in there. Hi. Good morning, Jeff. Good morning, Ms. Abair. I was um, calling. um, You have a very interesting program this morning with the plants. I have a Christmas plant, and I was so amazed that it's still alive. Um, I have been watering it, so I I have kind of like a two-part question, and then I'll listen. The first one is how often should I water it? Because I notice sometimes the leaves are Lost you for a moment there. Still with us? Yes, okay. I am. Why don't you start um, fresh about watering? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, I, and I, sometimes from the heat, the uh, leaves will start to um, shrivel up. I water it, and it comes back. So I'm just, I'll hang up and listen. Oh, is, it a, often sh- is it in a pot or in the ground? It's in a pot. Okay. Yes. And um. I lived in California, so I know those are very hardy. They don't need a lot of water because it doesn't rain that much there. And the other question is, you can give us an idea when we go into the store, what particular plants can we purchase that will probably last us until December? Okay. I'll, hang up and, I'll hang up and listen. Have a blessed day. Okay. Uh, thanks for the call. The, uh, I'm, I'm pretty confident she was talking about a point set. And uh, she's right. They don't need a lot of water, but in a container, as we talk about a lot, uh, it's, it, it becomes an issue this time of year. They do need a lot of water. Mine's outside, and I water it. It, right. it tells me when it needs watering. And, and, sure. and usually what happens with a poinsettia is this. Let's say you purchase the poinsettia in December, right? So it's in this container, and uh, and it gets bigger, and if you don't, bump it to a bigger container, it dries out even faster. So you want to look and see how the root system looks in that container, which you basically take the uh, the, the plant out of the container by just pulling it up and just see how much uh, soil-to-root ratio is there. If it's mostly roots and not a lot of soil, you still have plenty of time to go ahead and repot it. So repot it to a slightly bigger container will help you a lot in terms of it drying out on you. If... Uh, but let's assume that it's in, a, it's in the right size container. You're going to have to water that container every day, and that's why it's shriveling it up. If you water it every day and it's still shriveling up, try to give it less sun. It is a full sun plant, but maybe since it's in a container, if you could adjust that sunlight to maybe it's only getting sun till noon or 1 or 2 o'clock, that's going to help you out dramatically. And you can also fertilize it with Osmocote to help it out. But the first thing you want to do is check Check the uh, salt-to-root ratio. 
if it has a lot of roots and not a lot of soil, you want to break up those roots and bump it to a big container. And then um, that's going to help you a lot. If it's okay, I'd still water. And you're going to have to water every day. And, and depending on how root-bound it is, you may do, have to do it twice a day. Uh, you should be able to tell that simply by just pouring that water in the roots, uh, in the pot. And if it just goes through so fast and you just got to keep water to do that, then uh, you're gonna have to bump it up, but that's the uh, that's the ins and out of it, and uh, and it's definitely a water issue there. And Jeff, I forgot the second question. Uh, interested in a plant that will last through Christmas uh, okay. if purchased now. Okay, so and we're talking about, and that's why it's such a tough time of year because the growers aren't growing a lot right now. They're actually transitioning from, believe it or not, from uh, summer to fall plants as well as, uh, as poinsettias. They, they will actually start to plant those poinsettias uh, end of this month, early, early, uh, early August. And so they are, these greenhouses are now becoming huge greenhouses, just straight poinsettias. But basically the heat-tolerant ones are going to be vinca, portulaca, um, uh, lantana, verbena, just some of the stuff that are just tough, 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 tough plants. But the problem right now, Jeff, is just really even hard now because uh, it is so darn hot. It's so extreme. So if you if you do plant them, you're gonna have to keep them really wet. You know, impatience, caladiums, all that can still be planted. It's just selection is going to be limited because there's not a lot out there to bring in, and, uh, and that's why we kind of switch to to vegetables and house plants right now. But we do have a few uh, bedding plants that could be planted now. But bottom line is just hang in there and and uh, Pray for an early fall. There you go. Anything else before we let you go? Jeff, I think that's it. All right. Uh, always a pleasure, Richard. We'll look forward to the next time. Thank you, Jeff.